every situation for the child of God. We've got somebody who is an ever-present help in a time of need, always right on time, in time, on time, every time. You listen now. He rescues me. Sing it, son.
Thank you so much for being here this morning. I echo what my dad said in his prayer. I like looking up and seeing the church house filled. We're to the point now you got to get here early if you want a seat in the back. Amen. You know, this is a Baptist church and everything, but so thank you all for being here. I appreciate it so much this morning. Let me go through some quick announcements with you uh, as we get ready for our young folks to go out. First of all, uh, for those ladies who are going to the Women's Mountain Retreat, uh, Sister Billy needs to meet with you all over here. Miss Billy is at work right after services for just a couple of minutes. Needs to give you some quick information. So again, if you sign up to go to WMR, uh, you need to meet right over here for just a few moments right after services today. Also, uh, right after services today, don't forget that today is our special lunch fundraiser for our Operation Christmas Child Program. We do every year Christmas in July as we get ready for our Christmas shoe boxes that we give out across the country or that they go across the world, rather. Today, you can get baked spaghetti, salad, dressing, bread, and dessert for only $5. I promise you, you couldn't make it for that. You sure couldn't go to another restaurant for that. For that. And all you got to do is pull around the back, and uh, the folks that are taking care of that will bring it right out there to you. SAGBC drive-through service, and you don't have to go home hungry. Amen. So right after service today, we take cash, check, uh, and your firstborn child, whatever you need to get rid of, we'll take it. Uh, uh, and, I, and all of the money that is raised uh, helps pay the shipping costs for the boxes. You understand that we collect the stuff for the boxes. And each box costs $9 to ship out. So every meal that you buy just goes to help another kid around the world have a wonderful Christmas. So just keep that in mind. And then in just a couple of weeks, I want to remind everybody, two weeks from today is one of the highlights of the year for us. One of our tent pole services. I call it Civil Servant Sunday. It is our opportunity to recognize those men and women who protect us in our community this year. We are recognizing police officers. Uh, and so we encourage you to mark your calendars for that. There is no Sunday school that Sunday. We have a meal that we'll be setting up that we honor those folks. We're looking forward to a great time. So please keep that in mind and make your plans to be here for that. I also want to ask any of those uh, uh, teenagers and young adults or adults who participate with us in our drama program here at the church, we need you to meet at 5.30 tonight in the teen room. Little change of plan from what we had originally discussed with you. We were going to do practice today, but however, because of the lunch this afternoon that they're working on, we're going to do that next week. Uh, Miss Pam and I will give you the times for that. So we're meeting in the teen room tonight at 5.30. Any of the teens, any of the young adults or adults who can help us uh, with our drama on uh, Civil Servant Sunday, please meet tonight at 5.30. And then also a reminder, we've got a new item in there. For our uh, uh, Grace Network, if you could help us out with that, we'd sure to appreciate it. And then next week is our final week. It will be uh, July the 30th, five weeks in July. Next week is our final week for our Operation Christmas Child. So if you haven't brought items in and you're willing to help out with any of those things that are listed in your bulletin, uh, you even if you just do one or two, anything that you give would be wonderfully appreciative, uh, and we'll take care of it from there. All of that stuff gets placed into uh, our Brother Ken's outer office. All right, that's all I've got for right now. i got others I'll share with you later. Let's get the little ones to come up this morning. Everybody that's heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on, make your way. They're going to come around and collect any loose change that you've got. We call this the Penny March, and we appreciate your generosity. Come on, young folks, coming from all directions. Here we go, kids. Take off.
Everybody heading down to Children's Church. Come on this morning. Heading to Children's Church. Come on, come on. to our young folks. Let me read this from you this morning. Uh, this is from Sister Brenda Cassidy. I really don't know where to begin except to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate food, cards, visit, prayers for my church family. Kindness you have shown is unlike any I have witnessed anywhere. I know my mom is having the time of her life because she's with the one she loved for so long, and everybody said amen to that. Blessed to have all of you as my church family. Thank you, Brenda Cassidy and family, and you keep praying for Sister Brenda and the homegoing of her mother this morning. All right, everybody now grab your hymn book. Let's stand up. We're going to have a time of fellowship. Rejoice with each other. Brother Ken will come lead us. We'll sing a verse or two, and then we'll shake hands and welcome our visitors out. Brother Ken. He done broke the program. Hymn number 203 this morning. Hymn number 203. I like it when the program gets messed up. Amen. Hymn number 203, The Windows of Heaven. We'll sing it a couple times through this morning, then we'll have a time of fellowship. Hymn number 203. The windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling
much as always for being so kind and welcoming each other out. I know when I walked out this morning, some of you probably thought, good golly, Miss Molly, preacher must think it's Easter Sunday. He looks like an Easter egg standing up there. I tell you, two weeks ago, you'll love this. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Cameron Martin came up to me and he said, uh, preacher, I got this coat that is absolutely beautiful. I said, all right. He said, then he said, it is way, way, way too big. It swallows me whole. I thought maybe you'd like it. I wasn't sure if I was flattered or insulted until he gave me the coat, and I thought, shoot, I'll keep eating and wear that pretty coat. Amen. (laughs) Kenny Baldwin at the teen conference this week said it like this, you people who are uh, love to eat healthy, yes, I might die because of what I eat, but you're going to die because you're depressed. Amen. (laughs) I love it, love it. Fellas, make your way down this morning. You mind the Lord with his tithes and offerings. Sister Marcia is going to come sing, others that are singing with her. And I sure love uh, to hear them sing. You listen now. We're going to pray. Ask God's blessings on the offering, and you be obedient to give this morning. Father, we come to you. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for how good you've been to us. Lord, I pray for your blessings upon these folks who will be singing this morning. And, Lord, I pray for the offering. May it be exactly what you would have it to be. Bless everyone who puts anything in the plate, being reminded that we're giving back unto you that which you've given so graciously to us. Bless the preaching time to come. In Jesus' name, amen.
want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Joe, I want you to come up here, buddy, if you would, please. I love this preacher, love this man, have had the pleasure of working with him. For Come on up here, buddy. I just want you to pray for us as we go into the message this morning. Love this preacher, love this uh, man. He's a hero of mine. When I first started working at Patrick Henry, uh, he was uh, a nurse instructor uh, and one of the godliest men I've ever met. Uh, uh, was a real inspiration to me and continues to be that. He retired this year uh, from teaching, but has certainly not retired from the ministry. And I love, love, love him. And I want us just to share a quick testimony and, uh, and pray for us before we get into the message. I love you, Joe. You come on this morning, buddy. I say good morning to everybody. And then I say praise the Lord to everybody. You know, the correct response to praise the Lord is hallelujah. When I leave, I was thinking about the sister sorority, and they go, sister, they go, hua. The Marines, you holler Marine, they go, hua. And I thought, when you see church people and you say praise the Lord, they response is hallelujah because it's the highest praise so praise the Lord everybody isn't that nice he's giving me a moment and you know you should never give a preacher a moment so I'm going to utilize my moment because I'm very happy to be here today I've walked in many a place and I've been happy to leave it but I have felt very warm and welcome here at Amazing Grace. It says something about the people of God. There is love that abounds within your hearts. I want to say this before I pray. I have uh, shared this many, many a time. In your tongue lies the power of life. And they that love it, and it is the word of God. If the word of God is securely placed within your spirits and within your hearts, you should be speaking life. I have gotten so tired of hearing church people. You talk to them on the street, how you doing, man? Man, I'm going through. Such and such hates me. My body's sick. I ain't got money to pay my bill like I got the money to give them. <laughs> I'm saying to the church people here today, it is time to flip the script on Satan and stop complaining about how bad you feel physically because you're speaking death over yourself. Instead, speak life over your health, over your finances, over your children, over your home, over your lives, over your jobs, over your everyday living. Speak life. Does not the Bible says whatever you loose down here, he's bound to loose it in glory. So if I'm speaking death down here, what is he going to lose? So I have reached a point now when I wake up in the mornings, before I get out of my bed, I'm becoming mindful to say, Lord, my life today is in your hands. I have every promise, every victory, every blessing, every miracle that you promised me on Pentecost Day and on Calvary's Mountain. So my dear Stop walking around giving the devil his due. Because we, we're not hypocrites. We're just some weak saints of God. So I bid you all greetings to all, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to your illustrious pastor here, to the associate minister, to all of the saints and friends. And I call you saints. I'm old school. I don't have any enemies, I just have disappointed friends. (laughs) 
So stop treating them like enemies. They're still your friend. They just disappointed. Because you haven't gotten down over what they're saying yet. Just keep walking and keep living. I want to say I'm getting ready to pray now. Thank you for this opportunity. He probably is never going to invite me back. But that's okay. Because you make sure that he does. My spirit is somewhat perplexed here because I'm feeling a heaviness for somebody. I truly am feeling a heaviness. You're struggling. Some of you, and I cannot point at you because it has not been revealed to me, but I feel such a heaviness for some of you that are struggling. You're struggling mightily. And you've been trying your best to work this thing out. And the more you have tried to work it out, the deeper in the abyss you have gotten. I'm standing here today, and I'm not putting on a show because it ain't my style. If I look pretty, I look pretty naturally. (laughs) But it has never been my style to showboat. It has been my style to lift up the name of Jesus. Now, I hear it internally that some of you have a very heavy, heavy, heavy heart and that you get, you got hell in your very homes, turmoil. Maybe you got a child that's messing up and you're agonizing over it. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe your very life is in a state of turmoil. Here's what I'm going to tell you today. It is time for you to release it. If you carry it long enough, it will carry you down. Have you ever put a pack of rocks on your back in a backpack and you carrying it around? Eventually, that rock, those rocks will wear you out until you come to this altar and realize, unzip the bag. Lay out the rocks. When you lay out your rocks on the altar of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you walk out of this house, you will walk out renewed. Folks, it's time to unload, release. I know you're going to look like, oh, he lost his mind, but look at somebody and tell them, I'm about to release myself today. Tell them. Look at your neighbor sitting beside you. You're not used to it, are you? Speak it. That's why we don't have victory because we're too sophisticated to speak it. If I thought I was going to get a million dollars when I walk out the door, I'd hug everybody in here. All I'm saying is look at the person sitting beside you and tell them I'm about to bust loose. Said it's free. Free Oh, that's a lie, isn't it? How many free people we got in this house? Then I'm going to ask you to do one last strange thing before I pray. Stand on your feet and give God a hand praise, a hand clap like you've never done it before. Give him a hand clap like somebody famous just walked through the door. Give him a hand clap. Can I do like I do in a black church? (laughs) Stay on your feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you on this beautiful Sunday to thank you for blessings. We come to lift up the name of Jesus in the midst of adversity. We come to proclaim victory. And so first, Lord, we must thank you for every good thing that you've allowed to come our way. 
every moment in time every day that you've allowed us to awaken every moment we felt good in our bodies every moment we haven't felt good we give you thanks because we are still here and that you're still proving that you're God every day, Lord God. So I thank you for life, health, strength, for sustenance, for clothes, for giving us safety, for giving us victory even over the highways, for keeping us even in our homes, Lord God. I thank you for amazing grace this morning and for his pastor here. I thank you for the constituency that resides within this house. You've been so good, you've been so kind. There has never been a time that you have let us down. Now we've let you down. We've been unfaithful to you, but you have stood faithful on the wall 24-7 watching over us undeserved people. And for that, I say thank you. So this morning, Lord God, I'm not going to pray a long prayer because you know my heart and you know the hearts of the people. Look down upon this congregation from the pastor all the way from the children to the back door to every adult. I ask, Lord God, that you would cover, cover every sin, cover every worry, cover every problem, cover every sickness, cover every financial need that resides in this house. But most of all, let your salvation permeate the building because after Greg finishes preaching, we got to go back outside into hell. That's right. So That's let right. your word abide within us, Lord God, that we might have the strength, the fortitude to stand in the face of adversity. Now bless, Lord God. Bless individually and you bless us collectively. Let your word go forth this morning with power. And so, Lord, you know, there are some people that are impatient right now. They want you to move now. And even though it seems like you don't move exactly when we want you to, you always move on time. So help us now to be children like you would want us to be in the adorable, precious, mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you in advance for all things. Amen. Amen. I want you to stay to your feet and I want you to bow your heads with me. They're going to sing a song that I asked them to sing. If Joe was speaking to you this morning, and we're not done with service by any means, but if Brother Joe was speaking to you this morning, there's something major that you are dealing with. The rocks of the world have got you weighed down and you know that you need to be released this morning. Or you know that you need to have that load lightened in order for you to continue to fight the good fight of faith. While they sing, I want you to step out. Nobody's looking. It doesn't matter who comes as long as you come when you need to come. You come this morning. And while these folks sing, let us pray with you here at this old altar. You come on now while the church is moving. Jesus is my high tower, the light in my dark hour. Without him I could not see. He is closer than a brother, above him there's no other. Without him where would I
just as this world stands he promised he would hand and that I would never walk alone and he said he'd go with me always through good times and through dark days he would be my friend and guide oh Jesus he's the best friend in my life yes he is singing Brother Joe, thank you so much, buddy. Didn't you enjoy him this morning? I love that man so very much. I appreciate you, Brother Joe. Amen. My wife says all the time that God makes no mistakes, but he meant to make me a black preacher. And every time I hear Brother Joe, I say, Amen. I love it. Love it. Thank you for being here, Brother Joe. Luke 19 this morning, if you would. While you're turning there, I want to say very quickly, uh, a thank you to some folks uh, who made uh, the week that we've just come through possible with our teen conference. I want to update you very quickly, and I'll not be too long on this because I want to get into the Word, but I want to let you know uh, we were one of over 80 churches that were participating at this week's teen conference in Gatlinburg. Uh, there were 1,700 teenagers there uh, praising the Lord, excited for the things of God. Uh, I, I, I want to say to you, and I hope you'll understand what I'm about to say, uh, this week is so important for me because uh, everybody needs preaching. And I hope you'll understand what I'm about to say. And if you've ever been involved in any kind of ministry, I think you'll understand this. Uh, when you are the one who's doing the feeding, sometimes you need to sit down at the table a little bit and get fed yourself. And so selfishly, being able to sit all week long and listen to some of the best preachers in the country uh, recharges my batteries and gets me excited all over again, and that's important for, for any church. Uh, but I also want to say thank you to the chaperones and to the young adults. Many of the chaperones, like myself, took weeks vacation or canceled a week's uh, employment, didn't make any money this week in order to be with us, and I appreciate that. Brother Ken, Miss Susan, and those of you that helped organize the fundraisers over the last year that allowed our kids to go, I appreciate you for doing that. You parents, some of you who, like me, had to step up and pay some additional funds uh, for your kids to go, I appreciate you doing that. And then there are some of you who, uh, like my wife and I, stepped up and helped some other kids that didn't have enough money. Uh, in order to go, and I appreciate your generosity in making that happen. And then I'll conclude by saying thank you for your gifts for our Penny March uh, that we've been doing uh, for years now, but during the summer months, they go to our teen conference. Every penny that you gave uh, went to that endeavor, and it was sure worth it. Where is to where you wave your hand sweetheart Thursday night stand up I won't embarrass you I just want everybody to see you Thursday night this precious girl uh, called on the name of the Lord and got born again Thursday night at the hotel room amen so praise the Lord sweetheart I appreciate that and uh, it was worth every minute of every dime and every trial that you went through to make this happen and I appreciate it so very much next year's conference will be a little bit different the dates are already set uh, and uh, if you're interested, I'll have this in the bulletin for you for next week, but it's June the 25th through the 29th. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, rather than hotels and things like that, we're going to get some condos. We've already gotten those set aside so that we can all be together. Girls will be in one. Guys will be in one. Uh, and we're going to fix some meals to save some money and uh, have more folks being able to go. We're looking forward to it already. And my hero in the faith, 
my mentor, Brother Johnny Pope, will be preaching there next year, along with uh, Brother Kenny Baldwin, Brother C.T. Townsend, and the others, so I appreciate so much what you're doing. All right, Luke chapter number 19 now. We're going to read verses 1 through 10 this morning. If you have found your place in the Bible, say amen. Let's look at it together, Luke 19. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The story of Zacchaeus is one that most of you have known since your childhood. It is a story that I love to teach about. I love to preach about it. In fact, it's not been but three or four months ago that I did a lesson in my Bible study Sunday school class about this story. And the reason that it is so easily understood, the reason that it is so often talked about, is because of the simpleness of the message of Jesus Christ. The simplicity of this message can be found in that verse number 10, a verse that gets rightfully quoted often, when Jesus says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. But to really understand this story, you need to know a little bit more than the fact that Zacchaeus was just a little dude. You need to understand a lot more about the story and how beautiful that salvation was and how it relates to us as modern New Testament believers. So I want you to understand that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In fact, not only was he a tax collector, verse 2 tells us that he was the chief among the publicans, which means that he was a head tax collector. Now, to understand how difficult that is and what that really means, you need to realize that the government that is in control right now is the nation of Rome. And Rome would levy taxes against the nation. Well, individuals within that nation would sign up to become tax collectors, and it would become their responsibility to collect the taxes that the authorities had placed upon the, government, upon the nation. So, so Zacchaeus was a Jew. He was part of the nation of Israel, uh, but he stepped up to the plate to become a tax collector, and inevitably, instead of just charging the X percent that the nation of Rome charged, uh, he would add a little bit to pad his pockets. Insomuch that the Bible says uh, not only was he the chief among the publicans, but he was also very, very rich. So when everybody looked at Zacchaeus, they looked at a man who was short, who was little in stature, but a man who had gotten wealthy off of ill-gotten gains, a man who had gotten wealthy after collecting the taxes of the very people that he represented. I want you to understand 
that the publicans, the tax collectors, and in this case, the chief tax collector was one of the most despised individuals in the nation. When they looked at Zacchaeus, they didn't just see someone who was short of statue. They saw somebody who they despised, someone who the crowd hated. Can I pause just a minute and say to you that despite all the money that Zacchaeus has made, there was something missing in his life. Can I say to you uh, that despite all the treasures uh, that Zacchaeus had collected uh, and despite all of the stuff uh, that Zacchaeus had lined his pockets with, uh, Zacchaeus realized uh, that there was something missing uh, in his life. Wasn't satisfied. He wasn't happy. He knew that there was something uh, that was leaving a hole in his very soul. May I say to you this morning, that apart from the salvation and love of Jesus Christ, uh, all the money in the world won't buy you happiness. May I say to you this morning uh, that apart from salvation of Jesus Christ, another job uh, won't bring you happiness. Uh, another mate won't bring you happiness. Uh, another person won't bring you happiness. Uh, another boyfriend, uh, another girlfriend, uh, another friend won't bring you happiness. Uh, that apart from Jesus Christ, there is not happiness to be found in this world. Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was passing by that day. And so he decided, I must see Jesus. With the help of the Lord this morning, I want to give you a quick message that I've entitled just that. I must see Jesus. Three things that I want you to note with me. In order for Zacchaeus to get a glimpse of this one he'd heard about, there were some difficulties he had to overcome. There were some difficulties that he had to navigate. Zacchaeus made his way to the roadway that he knew Jesus would be traveling down. He, he positioned himself beside of that road because he knew that Jesus would be coming that way. Zacchaeus is standing there uh, the caravan is approaching with Jesus and his followers, but there were some obstacles that stood between Zacchaeus and catching a glimpse of Jesus. What were they? Well, look at verse number 2, if you would, please. Look at chapter 19, verse number 2. Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, he was rich, he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press. He could not for the press. Typically, uh, when we talk about this encounter between Zacchaeus and Jesus, the only thing that we talk about is Zacchaeus' physical stature. We'll get there in just a moment. But I want you to understand uh, that before uh, there was even a physical problem, uh, there was a crowd problem. As Zacchaeus stood there, uh, suddenly uh, the roadway began to fill. Uh, suddenly other people who wanted to see Jesus, uh, other onlookers, uh, other individuals uh, who thought they wanted to catch a glimpse of him uh, began to show up. Uh, and because Zacchaeus was suddenly uh, surrounded by people, uh, please get this, uh, the crowd was preventing him uh, from seeing Jesus. Can I pause just a moment and say this to you this morning? If you're going to catch a fresh glimpse of he who died for you, if you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus Christ, if you're going to get to the place in your life where you must see Jesus, you better mark it down. There'll be an awful lot of crowd who try to keep you from doing it. There'll be an awful lot of people uh, who try to stand between you and Jesus. Uh, there'll be family members. Uh, there'll be friends. Uh, there'll be folks that you think you love and you thought loved you uh, who will stop you from trying to see Jesus. Uh, may I say to you, uh, there's no relationship. Uh, there's no friendship. Uh, there's no boyfriend. Uh, there's no girlfriend. Uh, there's no social media. Uh, there's nothing uh, that ought to stand between you and the one that died for you. The press was a problem. The crowd was a problem. But I want you to notice, not only was the crowd a problem, but as we've already alluded to, Zacchaeus' physical condition was a problem. You see, had Zacchaeus been uh, 
six eight, six nine, six ten, the crowd would not have been an issue. But when you take the crowd and you combine it with what it says in the latter part of verse 3, he was little of stature, suddenly you've got a major dilemma. I'm going to be non-politically correct. Zacchaeus wasn't height challenged. Zacchaeus was short. Zacchaeus, we don't know how short he was, but he was so short, in fact, that all those around him prohibited him from seeing over them so he know we know that he was a little dude can i say to you this morning that means that he was part of his own problem would you amen me this morning that oftentimes we ourselves get in our own ways from seeing jesus Oftentimes, the problem uh, between us having a one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus uh, is not the people out there, but it's the person right here. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, Zacchaeus couldn't do a thing about his height. Uh, Zacchaeus could not connect himself to one of them Barney Fife machines uh, and hang upside down in the closet. Just, some of you know what I'm talking about. There's about 25 teenagers who are looking at me like I have lost my marbles. <laughs> You understand, church, uh, that there were some flaws in Zacchaeus that he could do nothing about. But you hear me and you hear me well. Uh, there are plenty of flaws that we have that we can do something about. There was his press. There was his condition. And then this is the one that absolutely blows my mind. Jump down to verse 7, if you would. You know what happens. Jesus goes home with Zacchaeus. In verse 7 it says, And when they, the they is the same they that were surrounding him, saw it, they all murmured, saying, He was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. They all murmured, saying that he, Jesus, gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So yes, by all accounts, the crowd was a problem. By all accounts, Zacchaeus' physical condition was a problem. But you hear me and you hear me well this morning. You try to do something for God. You try to live a life that's pleasing to God. You try to catch a fresh glimpse of Calvary and what Jesus did for you on that old rugged cross, and you mark it down, friend, there'll be critics who run you up a flagpole. And sometimes the location from whence those critics come will surprise the ever-living dickens out of you because sometimes some of the worst critics there are sit on the church pews every single week. There are plenty of people uh, who will criticize uh, because you try to do something for God. And very often the worst critics uh, are not those out in the world lost, uh, but are those who are sitting on the church pews uh, who will run you down for trying to do something for God. And I want you to notice with me verse 7. I don't know why I never saw this before until I saw it a couple of weeks ago. They didn't just criticize Zacchaeus. Uh, they criticized the Lord. You better look at me. You find somebody who starts criticizing the Lord, you better run as fast as your little legs will take you. You don't need that. You don't need to be around them. They're not going to help you. They're not going to benefit you. If they don't understand why you want to serve God, you hightail it out of Dodge, they'll never be a blessing to you in your Christian walk. The difficulties. Notice, secondly, not only the difficulties, but notice the dedication. I like somebody who says, despite the obstacles, I'm going to see Jesus. I like somebody who says that, yes, there are problems. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there are obstacles. But I'm going to see Jesus. Look at verse 4. And he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him. He ran, and he climbed. He ran, and he climbed. Jesus is coming this way. The streets are lined like a parade route. Zacchaeus realizes that if I stay right here, I will never catch a glimpse of the one who I'm longing to see. 
So if I'm going to see him, I got to separate myself from everybody else. I said, if I'm going to see him, I have to separate myself from everybody else. And not only does he run away from the crowd, but he climbs up into a sycamore tree because I think he realized that because of his little statue, he's got to go to a higher plane, if you will, to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Can I pause a moment and say to you that if you want a one-on-one encounter with Christ, if you want to live for God, it will not happen by accident. There'll have to be some effort you exert. I want to say that again because you need to hear it. Nobody ever lives for God accidentally. There'll have to be some effort on your part. You'll have to spend some time talking to him. You'll have to spend time in his word. You'll have to be faithful to your house of attendance of church. You'll need to turn away from your sins. You will have to get to the place 